0: I was looking on Twitter last night. I got done with my run, got home, got over on Twitter, checked to see if I missed any news, and I'll be damned if I didn't see the name David Pagnota pop up on my Twitter feed because he was the first to report that the Blues had agreed to a six-year, $36 million deal with... Uh, goalie, Jordan Bennington, David Pignota joins us now via the Brown and group and celebrity line. He's the editor in chief for the fourth period. David, thanks so much for the time, man. How you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Not as good as, as Benner and, and the blues right now, but, but I'm doing all right. I would imagine Bennington's
0: feeling pretty darn good <laughs> after signing a, a contract that says I'm guaranteed $36 million. What was your initial reaction? Whatever you officially heard the news.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, certainly you're always, when a player you know, locks into a deal like this, you're always happy for the player, certainly the team as well. Uh, You know, keeping the marriage alive, keeping it going for the next six years, he's got no trade protection as part of his deal as well. And uh, look, a good move, a smart move. They solidify their goaltending position. Uh, Bennington solidifies his spot as the number one in St. Louis. And now they can focus on the run. Going down the stretch and, and into the postseason, so they, this was dealt with in pretty short order. Uh, they, they got to uh, to terms on the deal. It's about an hour or so before news broke of of the agreement, uh, so it came together relatively quickly. And, and uh, both sides, obviously, very happy about making this happen.
2: David, how big of a deal is this for Doug Armstrong in terms of the outlook of this franchise when it comes to salary cap? Because uh, getting Jordan Bennington, in my opinion, for six million dollars per year is a steal when it comes to managing the cap and getting Jaden Schwartz locked up, along with Colton Pareko and a couple of others moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is uh, this is a goaltender that that has earned his position with the club, and, and quite frankly, has earned his position in the National Hockey League uh, with the way that the Blues have been performing. Again, you can you can you move forward without having to worry about one of your most important pieces on this club. It also shows how much this team and the organization, how much faith they have in their goaltender. And again, moving forward and and Bennington discussed this in his, in his press availability yesterday, he sets goals for himself on a running basis. Like it's not just one ultimate goal. He sets them so that he can continue to hit and achieve those marks as the season progresses, as a year progresses and and so on and so forth. So they can focus on now, like I said, you know, moving forward, not having to worry about such an important position because they've got him tied up. And then, yeah, re, you kind of shift focus if you're looking at a contract side of things to some of their other guys. They've had some preliminary talks already with Jaden Schwartz's camp about getting a deal done. I still think it's really early in that process, uh, but they're getting the ball rolling. And, and as much as they're trying to get their business done Now they're obviously thinking about the future and with the trade deadline a little over four weeks away, that'll also come into play in their, uh, or at least Doug Armstrong's planning.
0: I'm glad you brought up Jaden Schwartz. That's where I wanted to get to next because it feels like there's kind of a pecking order here. The first thing they needed to get done was Jordan Bennington and now they can move on to the Jaden Schwartz side of things. I, I don't know if this is something that they'll want to do in season or after the season, but what's your thoughts on that? And... What do you think the, the the salary, the AAV, would look like for somebody like Jaden Schwartz? Are we talking six and a half-ish million dollars,
1: similar to what Braden Shin got? You're probably in that neighborhood with, with what he's done. Now, obviously, you know, he's dealt with, uh, you know, some, some, some injuries this season to, to this point. But looking at his numbers and what he's capable of, especially last season, you know, almost a 60-point season was on pace for more than that before things had to get shut down. Um, you know, 22 goals on the season, he's hit the 20 plus mark four times in his career. You're probably looking at something around the six, six and a half million dollar range, depending again on, on, on what they're looking at. Now, as I mentioned, they've had those preliminary talks. So I think there's a good understanding of at least where both sides stand, but I think you're right. I think this might be something that could be tabled at the very least until after the trade deadline, Uh, before getting to to postseason, especially down the stretch. It gets a little tricky with contract talks. That's one of the reasons why Bennington and the Blues were able to get this done so so quickly, is to not have to worry about a contract situation when you're trying to fight for playoff positioning and, and, and obviously trying to compete for a Stanley Cup again. So I think in Schwartz's case, they've got a good idea where both sides stand. And if they don't come to terms on something, it's not the end of the world. Both sides are comfortable waiting until, I guess, the time is right to get something going.
2: David, you've mentioned the trade deadline a couple of times. I'm curious your thoughts because this is such an intriguing deadline, in my opinion, because I'm not sure if teams are going to be willing to trade to try and upgrade their team because those players have to go through a quarantine period. But when you look at a team like the Blues who are already dealing with cap issues, do you see Doug Armstrong trying to be active because of all of these injuries? Or do you think this team could just stand pat with some of the players when they get them back and the cliche saying it's like a trade when you get these guys off of the injured list?
1: Right, exactly. Look, I I see this team being uh, in the exploratory phase. So if the right opportunity arises, if the prices perhaps drop closer to the deadline, there's a lot of talk going on right now among teams because everybody's in the feeling out process. Who's available? Who could be available? What are the price tags? And once you have that understanding, okay, well, maybe I can wait a little and see if things drop. And if not, well, I know I've got guys. That are going to eventually come back to kind of you know fill any void that I may have, but I think more so than anything, this could be just trying to bring in quality depth to a team that again is trying to to get back into into that Stanley Cup mode and and get another banner there. So I, I could certainly see Doug Armstrong looking to make some some quality depth moves. They certainly have the the, the pieces up front. They've got the pieces uh, on the back end as well. But if you can bring in a veteran presence to either solidify your third or fourth unit uh, up front. I wouldn't be surprised if they look to do that.
0: We're talking to David Pinota here on 101 ESPN. He's the editor-in-chief of The Fourth Period. You can follow him on Twitter, at The Fourth Period, spelled out F-O-U-R-T-H, period. David, one thing that I did want to ask you about the Blues, and we've been talking about this so much, is the backdrop to all of this, which is the upcoming expansion draft how much do you think that's going to play into some of these negotiations that the blues are having whether it be with jaden schwartz or even the restricted free agents like robert thomas and jordan Cairo? how much does that expansion draft play into some of the decisions that teams are making right now
1: well it absolutely does it it certainly plays a factor but because we had you know an expansion draft a few years ago with vegas there's there's a pretty good idea as to how things are going to flow uh, between now and, and July, when they have the expansion draft, and what kind of conversations you can start having with Ron Francis, the GM in Seattle, uh, to see what type of moves may be available, who you know you might be able to, to protect or not protect, or, or you know, kind of go from there. So it certainly plays a factor in, in their discussions, and you know, for free agents, it's an interesting one, especially the UFAs, because Seattle will have an opportunity to talk to whoever. They want any pending free agent they, they like. They've got a bit of a window before the expansion draft to get an idea. If we select you, we know there's a legitimate shot at, at signing you. And that's part of that the process from their side of things. That's why I think a guy like Schwartz, you know, for St, for St. Louis, they're willing to wait things out a little bit if they need to, to kind of, you know, get past the expansion draft before solidifying something in with with a player. But when you're making trades, especially around the trade deadline, if you're a team like St. Louis that's primarily in the market for, you know, depth, but, but uh, you know, expiring contracts, I don't think that sense, in that sense, there's, there's that much of a concern in the back of Armstrong's mind. Because, again, you, you bring somebody in on an expiring deal, you know that there's, it's not going to necessarily affect the way that you create your protection list before the expansion draft.
0: Last question that I had for you, David. Are there any players out there that you find to be intriguing that could be uh, of note for the Blues at the deadline? Is there anybody that you're keeping an eye on that you're like, hey, that could be an interesting fit with St. Louis?
1: Yeah, there's cost-effective ones, certainly, because of their cap situation. Um, but if you're looking at depth for, for one of the bottom lines, you know whether it's the, the third line or the fourth line, I could see them looking from a versatility perspective, a guy that can either play center, or or one of the wing spots where you've got that option. And I look at Nashville. They've got a couple players there that could certainly help, whether it's Mikhail Granlund. His money's a little bit higher. Eric Howell is another one that is a strong two-way. He can put the puck in the net. He proved that when he was in Vegas. Just needs to be given that opportunity um, if they need to, but sound in his own zone as well, and not a big cap hit by any stretch. So I, I think those kind of players would be guys that they would certainly look at more cost-effective type, type of assets that they can use and, and, and solidify their, their depth positioning moving forward. And, and if they want to add somebody with a little extra offensive flair, you could look to a guy like Tanner Pearson out of Vancouver uh, who could probably come in from a third-line side of things if they really wanted to solidify the left side in their bottom six.
2: Hey David, my final one for you. We got a matchup tonight between the Blues and the Golden Knights. Kind of a juggernaut matchup in this Honda West Division. We talked a little bit about the Blues. What's been your overall takeaway from this team? Do they still strike you as a Cup contender, even with all of these injuries?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest takeaway is the fact that they're still in a position to battle uh, with so many guys that are in and out of the lineup, and and it's affecting the way that you know you ultimately. Perform, But right now, you know, second in the division behind Vegas, this is this has been an impressive performance for the most part for me anyway, in, in what I'm seeing from from this blue squad. You're seeing guys that are able to produce offensively. You know, Kairu is now starting to really emerge as as a stud in, in the NHL. And it's, it's only going to go up from there. So you're seeing, you know, those types of players, whether you've got bre- veterans like the captain in O'Reilly or you've got the young kid in Cairo in stepping up. This is a good balance that they've got in front of them. And of course, with Tarasenko, he's 29. He's got a couple more years left on his deal. The window is certainly open for a good stretch. And again, the fact that they're performing at this level with the amount of, you know, guys that have been bounced in and out of the lineup because of injury, it, it, it only gets better from there, especially when you've got a, a full healthy unit coming down the stretch. So this is going to be a big game because this is going to be another sealing out period between these two clubs. But I like what I've been seeing from St. Louis to this point.
0: He's David Paniota. You can check out his work over on the That's where he is the editor-in-chief. Also, give him a follow on Twitter, at the Fourth Period. David, really fantastic stuff, man. Congrats on the scoop last night. Really good work on that. Uh, We'll talk with you again soon.
1: Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you.